2: Nizoko, finally waited,
1: Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle, what a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. brilliant goal! On debut, Tongue Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura, clips it, Oh great goal! Steven Bergwijn has arrived in North London! Aurier. What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! <laughs> First hand here to Sol. Kane, good area for Spurs and Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. <laughs> will try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot and with good reason. Terry in the Burning by the Lime's call breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run. Given Son from inside his own half and scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career.
2: Good evening, people. Welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order podcast. I'm on hosting duties today, it's tapping tobes. Um I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts, Mr. Scott Hall, aka Yao Bruce Busia. How are you doing, man? Piss off! <laughs> For those who are listening on audio and can't see the video, Yao is very upset with me because I've I've forced him against his will to to come out of his Friday night pleasures to actually talk about Spurs, which are unsurprisingly one of the worst things that he wants to speak about right now. So listen, yeah,
1: listen, I'm glad that Stings here, yeah, so I'm not the only. The <laughs> Individual, <laughs> in the building, yeah. I'm at the top of the rafters, just, pu- just pure vex. yeah. And I'm glad that things here. You know what? Let me not even say too much because, listen, I've got, I've got some vim coming for this pod.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we, we're, we're we're gonna keep this one short and sweet, but you can you can bring that vim as well. And as as Yao alluded to, we're joined. Actually, it's probably your first episode in a minute. Um, yes, Sting, a.k.a. Jack. How you doing, man?
0: Listen, uh, I'm glad you lot made me smile just now because on Sunday, I'll be jumping off my first floor balcony because that's, uh, that's the only kind of pain I want to focus on that day because mm. I don't want to be thinking about what's going to happen or what already has happened by that time
2: fair 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 it's it's safe to say that the mandem aren't optimistic about a north london derby which is which is actually a sad state of affairs when you actually consider where we were a couple months back the energy was completely different for this same fixture back in may 2022 but such as spurs it, it, it tends to do that to you they tend to do that to you anyway but listen we're gonna um Obviously, the, 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 the main the main talking point is the North London derby, right? Um, I'm not even going to bother speaking about Portsmouth. I don't care. I'm happy you won the game, but bro, struggling against Portsmouth at home, fringe players, blah, I, I, I can't be asked to, to dissect that. So I thought we could make this this time spent together a bit more impactful. And let's actually talk about some of the players that we've been linked with before we get onto the North London derby. So we know what's what we know Conte wants player A and the club are t- pushing player B or the club don't want to sign player A and stuff. But let's talk about a name that I'm actually sick to death of hearing right now, to be honest. I'm sick to death of hearing and seeing his name. Let's talk about Pedro Porro because it's obvious that Spurs are looking for a right wing back in this window. It's obvious that Spurs are interested in Pedro Porro. It's obvious that every single bloody journal alive, Spurs or non-Spurs, feels like they need to report on this story every day, telling us absolutely sweet a fool. So much talk, and yet this guy is nowhere near joining Spurs. Jack, I'm going to start with you. Do you share the same frustrations as me here? Or, or um, I've,
0: I I've been like that for a while for the past few years now. In a couple of transfers, you, you know, journals can. You know, report this once and be done with it, and I'm fine with that. But when it's the same journals repeating the same information, or you know, we're interested or we're intrigued, we're monitoring, you know, there's, there's a monitoring FC, playing there's our cards
2: a, right, smoke <laughs> screen. Mate, there's t-
0: always a there's always a term, a buzzword or a buzz term for yeah. any transfer we you know we're potentially interested in. I don't care. Um, I don't know how. I don't really know how good Poro is, to be honest, because I don't really remember him when we played him, to be honest. Same. And yeah, just I just think that we as fans should just forget any kind of hype, just relax a little bit, because I feel it's you know the you know what they say about insanity, you know, it's expecting different results from you know repeating sort of occurrence or something. Mm. I'm not going to do the insane thing and expect something different. You know, something to happen quite quickly and, you know, miraculously, it's not going to happen. And we don't care. You know, most of us at news ordered order, just don't give a damn. So, you know, what should, why should we expect anything out of it?
2: Yeah, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, man. It's just after, after the, the end of that summer transfer window and all the gas about the money available and stuff like that, like it's very hard to trust these men. Um, Yao, yeah. I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. Um, What are your thoughts on the player, right? And what are your thoughts on the, the right wing back situation now? Because it's clear to see that um, Spurs are looking for someone who, who who's actually capable with the ball at their feet. But in order for, for them to move for Pedro Porro, one, they have to stump up the cash and two, they have to get rid of at least one of the options now um, at right wing back. So What do you make of Poro and and how do you see this ending?
1: What do I think of Poro as a player? Yeah. Ain't seen much of him. But from what I have seen, he must be better than what we have. (laughs) (laughs) And and to be honest with you, Spurs is like the only team apparent big six. Because I've had enough of us being called a big club. Or uh sleeping giant well were or small boys until proven otherwise. Like Spurs have notoriously been this club that players are like well, we don't want you, but they're happy to stay. What well, why why has the recent publication been that Emerson and Doherty are happy to stay at Spurs when it's clear that they're not wanted? Make that make it make sense. If Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo knew that he wasn't liked at United and bounced. Cristiano Ronaldo, with all his accolades, his accolades, yeah? Emerson's biggest accolade to date is playing in the power league. <laughs> So you tell me how somebody with an accolade like that can have the audacity to say, I'm happy to stay at Spurs. Only Spurs could do this. So... My frustrations with all of this is it's the same old story. Nothing's changed. I saw that the supporters trust have asked for um, answers to their questions and have been told those questions will be answered after the transfer window. Big man, there is no sign in that you're going to make between now, the 13th of January and the 1st of February. That's going to make me believe that real change has happened at this club. No, nobody, not even if by some miracle, and listen to what I'm saying here because I know it will never happen. Even if by some miracle, Spurs went into the market, said, Bunny, we're going to put 200 million and go and buy Mbappe. I'm just throwing a massive hypothetical out there. Even that sort of transfer will make me not believe that real change is happening at this club nothing, absolutely nothing will make me believe real change is happening in this club until one or two things happen. They fully back a manager, which I know we can do the breakdowns and be like, oh, Poch was backed, oh, Jose was backed, oh, Conte was backed. We can do the breakdowns of all that kind of stuff. And we can do the breakdowns of how they weren't backed in the same way. But either this board backs the manager seriously Gets in some real quality, seriously, between now and summer. Or they just leave. Because, like, I've not wanted this board for, like, well over a decade. And to be honest with you, their tenure, no matter what certain personnel believe in terms of them delivering a shiny new sh- sh- um, stadium for us, their tenure has absolutely stunk. Yeah, because on the footballing aspect of things, the team hasn't got it done.
2: That's simple interesting i think uh, one thing you mentioned um about the right back situation now uh was that article i was like like nowadays i actually try to avoid reading spurs articles now because they just do my head in ever since the summer they, they genuinely just do my head in right um but you know how it is on twitter right everyone's regurgitating the same thing over and over and i'm seeing the same thing over and over that oh Spurs are finding it difficult to move on Matt Doherty and Emerson because they're happy at the club. Well, no shit. You're underperforming massively at your job and you're under no pressure to leave. <laughs> of course you're going to be happy. You're living in London. You're earning 50, 60 racks a week. And you're playing poorly most weeks. And you're under no pressure. Like, And what annoys me is... Conte was more than happy to create an environment where certain men were completely ostracised from the squad. Reguilon, Winks, Joe Rodon. um And Dombele. Who? And Dombele. And Dombele Why can't we do the same for Emerson? Why can't we do the same for, for Matt Doherty? If you're really serious about selling them, make it clear to these guys, we want to sell you. If you don't for, if you don't get this move away, you're not going to play. We're not going to be able to register you for this competition, that competition. Fran, regulon was sent to Azkaban, but I'm seeing Emerson Royale having a jolly up. Oh, he does. He, he's happy. Of course, he's happy. His, Find his, him. His Brazilian mates are at the club, and he's playing. He, he's, dro- he's dropping threes, three out of tens most weeks, and his place is unchallenged.
1: Listen, my thing is this, yeah, and I know this might be some people might be like, yeah, you're thinking you're talking crazy. Yeah. But when I wanted players out, when I used to play football manager, champ manager back in the day, when I wanted players out and they weren't moving quick enough for my liking, I find them. I find them two weeks' wages. I didn't care what the <laughs> what the issue was, HR and all that kind of stuff. I I I basically made the environment healthier, for them. Yeah. I, I made until, terrible. I, I gave them nothing but abuse. I know people will be like, you can't do that in this day and age. It's off, yeah? If I was Conte, every single day Emerson sees me, I'll tell him, you're not a footballer. You're absolutely crap. Don't play football again. That would be my message him every single day until this guy leaves the club and he can go and be like, yeah, Conte was an absolute oh, garbage manager. He abused me, blah, blah, blah all of this nonsense, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to prove to him what I... Well, you, you're not going to prove nothing because you're crap, yeah? If I was Conte, I would make it hell for him. I'll tell him, go train with the under-15s. This is no longer your club. Find somewhere else pronto, yeah? Fine, you can keep the whole, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep my wages and stuff like that. But once I let the board know, listen, I'm never playing this guy again. The board has no choice from a financial standpoint, yeah? Yeah? To even muck about with that.
2: No point. You know, you know what? um what is actually hilarious to me as well with this whole thing is like like similar to Jack, I don't know much of on Pedro Porro. I've only seen clips, I've seen the comps. He looks good in the comps, but hey, who doesn't look good in the comp, right? Um, I didn't get to watch the, the home game, right? And I was told in the home game he was fantastic. I heard he was fantastic, and multiple hey, people good. told... Multiple people told me this. I said, okay, fair enough. Because when I watched him in the away game, I didn't really notice him. I didn't really, not saying he was bad, but I just, his his performance wasn't distinguishable for me, right? But the bottom line is, if this is a player that the club have identified using the weaknesses that they've seen in our team, if they've identified this player, Yeah, and said this player fits the need for what you want as a as a club. He's young, he's he can play in Conte's system, he's adaptable, he's good with the ball, etc. etc. If he's all of these things and he's their number one target, why are we still faffing about? It's the thirteenth of January, we're nearly halfway through the month. We play Arsenal in two days, no new signing. We play Man City next Thursday, no new signing. We play Fulham the following Sunday, no new signing. Like, and people, could, I'm so dumb with hearing that. Oh, you gotta be patient. You have gotta be patient. Why? Why do we need to be patient? If you knew that you had an issue heading into this window, why do you have to wait until the very last stages of the window to solve it? But this, this is it.
0: this is the annoying thing. We go into every window needing the same amount of players that we need every time. So we go in needing a center, two center backs, needing a needing a forward. Needing a right wing-back, needing a left wing-back, needing a centre-mid. We've gone into this window needing the exact same thing. We went into the last summer's window needing that. We went into the previous summer's window needing that. So, we people need can team talk team. about patience all they want. We
1: need a, need a new force since Kane broke free. Imagine that. And Listen, you know what? I'm going to give everyone... I'm giving everybody back their names. There's going to be no more insults. I mean, everybody's having their names back here. Yeah? We have needed a new striker. That doesn't mean that he's being crap, by the way. We've just needed a new striker, somebody that either challenges or makes
2: your, your first team spot. You know, what about Lorente? What about L- s- La- what about Lorente? Laurenti- eh? Hey, What about like... I was told that he was useful, he was good for Spurs. No, 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 no. See, the, <laughs> thing, is, the
1: thing is reversioning of stuff is kind of like when we got Lorente, this is before I joined the NSO. But when we got lorente i remember the transfer were going through and i was like i'm not mad at this point because i was I, mad. You, I, no, wasn't no, mad I, I wasn't i wasn't mad at the point because i was like okay this is like an experienced player but what made me mad yeah it wasn't i wasn't mad at the lorente deal because of his experience and i knew i knew exactly what he was bought for bring him on last 10 minutes if that or if kane gets injured we have a focal point. i knew exactly so i wasn't even mad but what made me furious was we then decided we're not going to go after another striker. We're just yeah. going to move Son up top and <laughs> keep Reddy on the bench. And that was it. That was the start of that was the start of my pure and utter hatred for this board. I, I, up until that point, I was like. Man, whatever, man. You know, they they came when we were about to be bust. You know, we were going to get relegated in 98. We had to beat Wimbledon 6-1. I'll never forget all of that kind of stuff. They came and all that kind of stuff. Saved us from the purse of, like, freaking going into administration. All of that jazz. Up until that point, I was making excuses for them. But when that happened and it dawned on me, we are really going to move this South Korean player from his natural position up top just in case Kane gets injured. And we're not going to go into the market and buy another striker. That should really be challenging, Kane. When I realised that, I was like, that is it. I have now found a new crusade, and it's against Enoch. And I've been against them ever since. There's nothing you can tell me. Nothing you can tell me. Oh, yeah, they have brought millions into the club. I couldn't care less. Get rid of them. I'd nice, rather be it. in administration and have Enoch in charge.
2: So so on, on, on the topic of Enoch, right, let's move on to our next um player that we've, we've been linked with, right? Because this, I don't know about you guys, but it screams like an Enix signing for me and I'm happy to be proven otherwise. But Leandro Trossard, right? 28 years old, good player. He is a good player. We have to caveat that. He's a good player. And I think in the last two years, especially he's he's made strides in terms of his goal scoring, right? Um, Last season, I think he had eight goals in 34 league appearances. This season, he's got seven goals in 16 league appearances, right? So he's a player that has clearly sort of got better as he's entered the prime years of his career. Because I remember Trossard early on at Brighton. He clearly had technical quality, but he was so wayward, right? But you have to ask yourself this question. What problem do Spurs currently have that Leandro Trossard solves? And when I ask myself that question, the answer is nothing. There is no active problem that Spurs have that Leandro Trossard solves. He plays predominantly on the left hand side. Son plays there. Richarlison plays there. This guy is older. This guy is two years older than two years younger than Son, and gets nowhere near Son in terms of his usual goal scoring exploits. Right? He's two years older than Richarlison. And yet has never scored um R- Richie's highest tally at Everton playing for Brighton, right? And to cap matters off, I'm not even looking at the stats because he's got good feet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but he's 28 years old and he's got six months left on his deal. And you just have to ask yourself a question: if this guy didn't have six months left on his deal, would Spurs even be interested in him? How can you look at Brighton and tell me um Trossard is the one you want to go for. <laughs> look at their team. Look at Spurs' issues. And you're telling me Trossard is the one we want to go for? Um, Kuliseski's been injured for, for, for so many parts of this season. And we needed someone to step in at the right right wing slot. And you're going for Trossard, who played for on the left. Please, please interject, brother, yeah. Um
1: I I'd like you know Spurs fans to correct me if I'm wrong, but this feels like a Steed bronk kind of situation.
2: <laughs> um, Steed.
1: Now, now, granted, I did.
2: I like Steed. I like, Steve. I, I good like player,
1: Malbron, good player. player, and I do actually think the same of Trussard. I think he's a good player. I don't actually have much he against. Him. Now, what I will say is he. If Spurs were firing on all cylinders, obviously, we haven't done that for a very long time. But if we were firing on all cylinders, we probably would have never looked at him. And two, we wouldn't have looked to him as an answer. However, the person that he would be competing with on that side has been smelling of manure all (laughs) season long. Yeah. And honest to God, I don't mind this. Yeah. But here's my problem with this transfer. It doesn't invoke real change for me. Yeah. There it you just go. feels like a fam- familiar story that I've read over ding, ding, and ding. over again.
2: Ding ding
0: ding. But fans, what fans will do is they'll be they'll find a new way to find a reason to be positive about this signing this time around. They'll they'll create little, you know, stories and you know Theories as to why this one will work out, as opposed to previous ones not working out. I, he's not going to. He's not going to address the issues we had. Personally, I think Richarlison should have been addressing those issues, but that's that's another debate. I'm not going to have that debate today because oh, we, you know, <laughs> you you two know what I think of Richie. Um, oh, boy. But here we go. But I won't do it today. Don't. Worry. But <laughs> the point. The point is right. The, the other thing is also it's quite dangerous to go for a player who's thrived in a. System that is that the a, you know the club that he's currently at is married to, so when you go to a club with a completely different ecosystem, you know how will he fit in? Will he fit in straight away? You know, will he even struggle? Will he sort of adapt to the system that we implement? That's going to be tricky. So for a player of that level to jump completely, jump ship in the system, in our, from their system to ours. I mean, look at Basuma for example. I think assume is quality. Like, he is genuine, genuine quality. We've seen it. We've seen it against us, right? And he struggled. He struggled to come on, come along this season for whatever reason. And I think signing someone, okay. But, you know, someone that's not going to move any, of, any Spurs fan, really, from the same club in that same system.
2: It's not... I don't see how this is going to work in any way, shape or form. And, I don't understand it. And... Um... I don't really get the policy now, right? Because I thought, even with Conte here, I thought our strategy was clear. If 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 a player that we're interested in isn't within the 25 and under mark, but is a player that can improve the team significantly, then, okay, they'll go for him. But I thought my the policy was Spurs are looking at 25, 26 and under type players. You saw that with Basuma. you saw that with Charleston, you saw that with Jed Spence, you saw that with... Kulusevsky, Bentoncourt, Romero, right? Um, it, it's it's only been exceptions to the rule and not the rule itself when you've seen the likes of Perisic and Longley and Fraser Forster. Forster, Forster came in because we needed a backup. Perisic came in because he was a free transfer and Conte wanted him. Longley came in because the club were too cheap to sign the, the young dynamic centre-backs that we were looking for and he was available on loan, right? But Leandro Trossard, again, I have to caveat, I can see... Some qualities that he could offer Spurs, but I just don't really see how this elevates us as a side. I see, don't see how, I don't see how it elevates us. And for me personally, like we've spoken so much on this podcast about how Spurs need to think about moving on from Harry Kane. And I feel like they've started that conversation. They just haven't had in-depth conversations. They started the conversation with Kulisewski and Richarlison, but we need more. And see, for see, me, sorry, one second. My, my, last is, my last point of this is the next attacker to come in. So we've got, f- for all intents and purposes now, I consider we've got four attackers that I can, I maybe not so much Sun this season because he's been pants, but gen- generally we've got four attackers that you can rely upon. Yeah, I'm looking for the next attacker, the fifth one, to be one that is, he comes into this team and I'm like, rah, like, you can genuinely... You're, you're a guaranteed starter. That's what I want. I want a speed demon. I want a young, hungry, talented attacker. I don't want no... Oh, yeah, he's good, but um, he's going to be a replacement for Mora. No. I don't just want a replacement for Moro. I want a replacement for Moro who is capable of starting regularly and genuinely competing with the likes of Son and Kane.
1: So... One thing, one thing that I think Spurs as a club have done badly. Um, and I don't know what the reason. I don't know if they've to him, I don't know if they've um done this to not lose their most valuable asset in game. But two summers ago, we were heavily, and I mean heavily linked with Vlavich while he's at Fiorentina. Heavily linked. Yeah, everyone was like, Yeah it's just for Spurs to negotiate, it's a thing of the player wants to move, all of this jazz, yeah? Then it became apparent that he probably wants to move to Juve, which came after the the summer transfer window. It wasn't during the summer transfer window. After the summer transfer window, while he was still at Fiorentina, people like, he wants to go to Juve. Then Arsenal started um, getting links to him, and apparently that was likely to go through. And what infuriated me about that is I was, I was like, bro, look at this guy's record This the season before. And I was like, flabbing out. We should have signed him. I, I don't care what anyone says. I think for the style of player that he is, the style of play we have, we should have signed him. Yeah, And we should have done what City did under Pep. And not. it's not the first time City have actually done this. City have done this under many of the managers, especially Pellegrino. But Pep's one was the most frightening one. Pep came into a team that had won loads of trophies before. Well, I shouldn't say loads, but I'd won trophies before. Pep comes into the team, Aguero is the number one guy. Un- that's undeniable. He's the number one guy. He's their goal scorer. He is their Harry Kane to Spurs. Pep gets Gabriel Jesus in January, plays him against us, I think was his debut, frightened the living hell out of me, and then starts him Ahead of Sergio Aguero. Blasphemy. The manager had the balls to drop his number one guy for the new kid on the block. Spurs, in that t- same tenure, Spurs, in that same tenure, have gone into the market and bought Janssen to play secondary to Harry Kane. Bought Lorente to play walking stick to Harry Kane. And recently bought a kid that I've nicknamed Birdman because I like his nickname and his celebration. But he hasn't done nothing to earn that name, by the way. In Richarlison, who's just been injured. I forget what happened at the World Cup. He's been injured and he hasn't had a good season. Yeah? Yeah, so even if Richarlison is the replacement, no, there's no frills there. You know, I'm. I'm not. I'm not over the moon or excited
2: about that. We. I am. Go to the market. <laughs> but even. But can I? Can I interject? Even if. Even if he isn't. Even if he isn't the direct. Rep- he, like we signed Richarlison now, but like we all know, that Spurs needed another attacker on top of Richarlison. We knew that in the summer. We knew that in the summer, right? Um, and it would have been a nice to have, provided we had signed the players we needed to sign in the defensive areas, but we didn't do that. So we didn't have that extra attacker and we didn't have the plays in the we didn't have the plays in the central defensive areas as well. I just feel like the the next attacker we need to bring in has to be categorically better than what we have. And I I don't I don't I don't think Trussard is better than what we have. I really don't I don't I think tomorrow
1: I don't think it's a case this is gonna sound mad. This summer should the summer just gone we shouldn't have been focusing on attack this summer gone we should have been focusing solely on the defense yeah just that's that that was the oh that's all i could. if we spent the whole of last summer just signing five defensive players from say i don't know a defensive midfielder to two center backs and a left or right um wing back if that's all we did all summer i have said it was an 8 out of 10 I just said it was an amazing transfer because the last three and a half, two and a half seasons, I'll, I'll, I, no, actually, I'll go three and a half seasons. The last three and a half seasons, there's been this disgusting stat on how many goals Spurs have conceded from Spurs players making mistakes. The stat is horrible. In fact, under when Jose was um, in his tenure, the, the games that we lost, they, they had a stat where so, something stupid like a certain percentage of the goals that we had conceded had come from Spurs' mistakes. From their actual defend- defensive mistakes that were actually taken advantage of by the opponent. This was under Jose's tenure, which we're talking, what, two and a half seasons ago now or 18 months ago? Then we decide only Spurs can sack a manager a week before a, a, a freaking final. Only Spurs could do this. Sack a manager a week before a final. Put Mason in charge. Lord knows why. Freaking wait 72 days. Chase a man at the top of it. Say that everything's signed. Everything's done. He's coming. Make Toby freaking put on an Inter Milan shirt and sing the song of the name. Yeah. To then not make that go through and
2: go get Nuno. Nuno who left Wolves by mutual consent. By it's mutual stinky. consent, he was, <laughs> exactly. he, was, he was basically sacked.
1: Exactly. He was basically sacked. Nuno from Wolves is the person we went and gonna and get. Listen. On Sunday, <laughs> people, I'll be in, t- in attendance at the game. If you see me, please do all you can to stop me from getting into a fight. Ask these man to give us a victory because anything less and I might receive another ban. And this will be it. That, that will be it. I'm not coming back. I'm not coming <laughs> back. Hashtag. Say- Listen, be saw me leave. I- I'd-, I'd even stay a few minutes after the second goal went in against Aston Villa I said yeah that's it I said goodbye to the people Good in the stands son. and I left I left because I knew where my head was going I was like I'm going to I'm going to do a madness I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to stage drive off this freaking seat because I've had enough of what I'm seeing mm. how can a club know what its issues are and never mm-hmm. address them we're going <laughs> to run Son and Kane
2: into- no, it's not what we're going to run we've already ran, done we've, it we've, yeah exactly that's we've been run been done. into the ground yeah
0: yeah, I, I can see. Uh, I can see Yao doing a reverse Eric Dyer by climbing down the stands, <laughs> and going up, to,
2: <laughs> and squaring
1: up.
0: I can see that happening. But yeah, pray for, hashtag pray for Yao. Give him the strength to you know keep his cool on Sunday. You know when the so, inevitable happens. But so um, Jack,
2: let, let's actually talk Sunday, right? Let's let's shift over. Because um, I hate talking transfers these days with Spurs. Let's actually shift over to the game. Let's quickly preview this one, right? Like, yeah. spirits are downbeat in the Spurs camp in comparison to last season. Yeah. Um, and even in comparison to where we were in um October, because it's like back then it was first versus third, two point gap between the two of us, um, and we were unbeaten. Mm. Fast forward a couple months, and I can't even tell you what the gap is. It's got to be double figures. It must be like 14, 14, 15 points. there ahead of us. Um, And they're top of the league, the top of the league by five points. So it almost seems like they've gone in the direction that we were dreaming for Spurs to, to go, go through with Conte. And we, even us, I didn't expect any sort of title challenge or anything. I just expected, yeah, third or fourth, but they have, far exceeded their expectations whilst we've massively underachieved. Now, does this mean that for you, you can't see anything but a Spurs loss on Sunday? Or do you take any inspiration from the fact that we are playing at home? It is a North London derby. We do have players capable of of turning the screw on Arsenal. Like, what's your general perception here?
0: Uh, I think, obviously playing at home, them being away to us as well um, is yeah, quite I'm important. Sure. Their record, our ground, we know what, you know, we've tend to, well, it's quite successful you know, on our part, but, you know, I know we can, we got players that can turn on the screen. I know Kulisewski might be back. I know, you no, know, he's playing. He's, he's he, going to he play. Contact played. confirmed.
2: Yeah, contact confirmed yeah.
0: he's going to play. Ben 10, who knows, 50-50. Um, He'll play. You reckon,
2: Yeah, he'll play, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'd happily risk him, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so there are redeeming factors um, in that. But the way we're playing, the way, you know, that Crystal Palace performance ain't fooling me. That performance against against Portsmouth showed me more (laughs) close close to what, you know, what what we would expect, (laughs) to be honest. Because even though we won, I could see a very... I can see Arsenal coming out of the blocks firing. I can see, you know, the high intensity, the press coming out. I can see us doing that as well, to be honest. You know, in a one-off game like this, I can see us, you know, maybe attempting to do that. But I think the quality will come through. And I think our lack of quality at the back, especially, and and Mm. out wide um, with the wing-backs, from a defensive point of view, I think we're just going to get done um, right, left and centre, to be honest. So no matter what atmosphere we put, no matter how much intensity we play, win we're, we're not used to playing with such high intensity, we're not used to playing, used to carving teams open. Whereas Arsenal, the opposite, they Very have aggressive. been doing that. So they're gonna come out, they're gonna come out of this game trying to do the same. And I think because they're so used to doing it, you know, they're gonna be much more competent in it.
2: Mm. Yeah, I want to come to you on this as well. So listen, I I, I don't think a lot of what you said is, is wrong, to be honest. I feel like if you're going off... If you're going off how both teams have played and the styles, obviously styles make fights. If you're going off the, how both teams have played and the styles, it doesn't look like it, it, would, it, it can be... It, it would be a, a positive outcome for Spurs. But just knowing the fixture at hand um, and the territory in which they're venturing into, and you never know. And just a manager in Conte who can just conjure up something, you never know. But yeah, I wanted to speak to you on Conte as well, right? Because we've spoken about the board, we've spoken about some of the players, but fundamentally our performances against these so-called big sides this season, they've been quite poor. Like, surely Conte needs to show us something in this game, man, surely. I mean...
1: We've had five defeats this season, if I'm correct.
2: Lost to no, no, we drew to Chelsea, drew to Chelsea, lost to lost to United, lost to Or do you mean five defeats in the league?
1: In the league, yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah.
1: So, five defeats in the league. Um, out of the big teams, we've lost to Liverpool, lost to um, lost to United, lost to Arsenal, out of the so called big six. Um, and we're yet to face City. Listen, we lost to Liverpool at home. We haven't been Liverpool in a fair number of years, yeah, which is a, an infuriation on my part. At the beginning of the season, drawing to Chelsea away looked like a good point to get. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at how they've been performing that this season and considering how we played on that actual game, it's nothing to be proud of. Um the loss to Man United. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And to be honest with you, the loss to Arsenal was even more disgusting. I'm sorry, but like at 1-1, you, you just have to be professional. Even if, you, even if you're not playing well, you just have to be professional. You know it's a derby. You know their fans are up for it. I would have happily taken a frustrating 1-1. I'd have taken it. Yeah, because they would have been pissed. They would have been, oh, we should have beaten you. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they've got the victory. Their tails are up. They're top of the league. They're feeling great about themselves. They think every player they're they're getting is a baller, yeah? They're coming to our ground gassed. I know last season, everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they're going to turn you over. I was like, these men are not confident. They're not. They know what their record is at our stadium. They're not confident. This time around, they're legitimately gassed. Yeah, They generally believe we're going to come off And they're going to punch us up And this is my problem Even if You take into consideration that it's a derby And anything can happen in a derby That's the greatest thing about a derby Anything can happen in a derby I have no faith In what we're going to do In two days from now None Yeah, If we so miraculously walk out with a victory I'm not going to turn around and be like, this is great. This is the turning point of our season. That's that's the lack of faith I have. And this stems right back to Conte. yeah, Because essentially, he is a man that says he has this way of approaching the game. He's a fanatic. He can't sleep when he doesn't win. And all this jizzy jazza and all that nonsense all right cool i read an article where apparently he said he's not gonna leave spurs until he, he wins a trophy yeah and then the meme started you know <laughs> with him looking old yeah now that's fine that's nice if that's if that's generally how he feels then go sign the contract today yeah, yeah. like go go do it now like don't don't tell don't give me none of this gas yeah i don't want to if we score on sunday I don't know what the scoreline is going to be. If we score on Sunday, I don't want to see Conte celebrate. Because this season, on what I've seen in terms of his man management, how he's managed the squad, what he's done with Jed Spence, he should be ashamed of himself. There's, there's no way you can. If I was Jed Spence and I was sitting there, I'd be like, you know even if I wasn't like great, you mean to tell me Emerson's better than me? It's crazy, no. it's
2: crazy, big man. It's crazy. He's, he's, nah, he's been Conte, there. Conte, Conte has
1: got yeah. a lot of... If there's ever been a point in his career, you know, I think he, um, if I'm correct, he managed um, Brescia before he went to Juve. If there's ever been a point in his career at a big club in which he could be questioned for his big managerial status, it's right now. I know, yes, we finished top four last season but let's let's be very frank with each other. Yeah. With 10 games to go, we were what 10 points off. We had we had games in hand that we were losing left, right, and center. Like it wasn't like, oh, Spurs could get there. The only point in that season, last season, when people were like, oh, you know what? Spurs might be able to nick top four here. Yeah, is when we actually beat Arsenal at home. Up until that point, it was a fairy tale. It was a hope. It was a pipe dream now we sit fifth in the league 18 games played there's a lot of games left to play we know that much there's 18 games left but our run of fixtures are the barometer of where we are in life right now we are about to face our rivals at home who currently sit 11 points ahead of us in the league and they've got a game in hand against manchester city who we face back to back like a damn mother sucker Drake song. And what makes this worse is we are the meek mills of this
2: situation.
1: We're not winning. Nobody expects us to win. We're slipping downstairs.
2: So let's, so, so yeah, let's, 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 so let's, let's zoom out of it then, right? Because I think that makes it abundantly clear and I think Conte, it, it, it speaks to how poor a job he's done um, for large spells this season that we have our fan base not knowing what to expect from our team in a North London derby. I, I, I think, of course, we, we we give the players stick. We know Enoch are culpable, but I've, I genuinely believe that he needs, to, he needs to shoulder a lot of responsibility here. And I think we can spin that in a positive, right? And... Acknowledge that he needs to conjure up something here. He needs to get these guys playing in a way that's good enough to beat Arsenal. Because this season, they've only lost once, right? They've won 14 out of 17 games, yeah? He needs to conjure something up. If anyone can do it, he can do it. We went off the back of two straight wins back-to-back and went to Man City last year and won, right? This is a man that's capable of doing this. And like Jack said earlier on, we do have certain players in this squad, despite the dross, we do have certain players in this squad that are capable of raising their game and getting us sat in here. But most important for me is the system. We need a cohesive system that can beat Arsenal. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Just,
1: Go just on. out curious. And this is a massive hypothetical at this point. Yeah. Let's say we do win. And let's say we win well, even. What does this do for you?
2: I think it gives us a boost going into Man City. I don't think it means, oh, wow, Spurs are guaranteed to get top four. But I mean, at least it gives us momentum heading into that game. And as we've seen with Arsenal, momentum is absolutely key. When the team's winning, 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 right? It puts them in a groove. You see at Man United now, Man United... They're not. When I watch Man United, I'm not even like overly impressed, right? And it's not to say that they're bad, but I don't think like they're blowing teams away. But they're winning. They're winning, bro. And winning breeds consistency. We need to get back to a position where we're actually winning games. And I feel like getting a win off the the inform side of the league can boost the confidence that we need to go to Man City and hopefully try and get some get something out of that game.
0: But, but the thing is, I think we haven't shown that decision at all. And I think that. One of the few times yeah. we showed it last season was towards the back end of it. So, you know, this team being capable of it, I can't see it personally. I think it will be very short term if we, you know, somehow do win. Um, and I think we'll just go back to our usual ways after that, to be honest. and that's Because because I just don't think the, so many members of this first 11 don't have the minerals to keep that consistency up, keep that intensity up and play well for you know, more than one game in a row, you know. And, yeah, it's it's just, it's going to be problematic. Um, going back to Con- the thing, sort of Conte's responsibility, I just want to say this. I think he does shoulder some blame. I think, you know, this, the Spence thing, um, the consistently great. putting Royale, chicken Royale on the pitch. I think he has to hold responsibility for that. But say he did do all of that, you no, know, he say he did address all of that ages ago, how much better off would we be is the question I'd have because I'm not sure we'd be much better off. We'd be, you know, get, you know, the, the odd point or two here probably, but I still think the overarching picture would still be where we are and would still be moaning and complaining.
2: Yeah, but that's not the only reason though. The, 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 we also have the fact that he sticks to a two in midfield no matter, no matter who we're playing. And the only time we see him change to a three midfield is when there's injuries.
0: Yeah, wow. I think I, he could be more proactive in that. And I think that's some
2: that is. And that goes back to my point, right? Like, I think his in-game substitutions, his starting lineups, like, you know how you guys know how much I love Conte. So, like, I'm only judging him based off his standard. And if we judge him based off his standard, what he did for us in the back in the last year, he just hasn't got it right um, yeah. a lot of times this season. But I do get the point you're saying, like, even even if he gets it right, there's still anchors that are pulling him down. But yeah. he at least needs to give us, give us, give us that sentence, give us, give us that argument to say you are doing the best you can do with this team, and you're just getting let down. Because can we all confidently say that Conte has done the best he can do with this squad this no, season? Has he prepared them for every big game we've played tactically? Has he been able to outfox some of these managers that we know he's capable of this season?
1: Not this no, season, no. no there you go I, then. I, I, I'm going to say something that might be controversial. I don't think he did that last season either. Now, I know a lot of people will be like, but hold on, you, you know, back end of the season, you guys were great, you know. You, you steamrolled through the last 10 games, won all the games that you needed to win and got top four. I'm like, mm, yeah, but I generally believe that was more down to the fact that the two players we did purchase were a different entity in the league and players from other clubs didn't know what they were dealing with. It was, it's kind of the Bruno effect or or what I like to call the Bruno effect where these two players are coming to the league, they're of a certain quality. um, And I do think that they're they're two quality players in Kulu and Ben. But many teams that we were facing didn't know what they brought to the table. They didn't know what they were up against. And so that different entity gave us a little bit of a leg up. Now that they've embedded themselves into the league and we face teams at least once or twice, seems have a, 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 a seemingly interesting way of trying to deal with them, yeah? The difference, big difference is this this um, season is that I believe Ben and Kulu have both in parts shown that they can rise their level. However, the problem on that is both of them have been injured and injured for we- quite a long time in this season. So we haven't had that consistency from them this season, unfortunately. And so I I would love to attribute a lot of stuff to Conte for getting us top four last season, as you would for a manager that's done X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, I'm like, what happens if this January he doesn't get two players in? Hmm? Because we've we've now gone 18 games. You couldn't name me one of the 18 games where you thought, oh, even the Palace game. I watched that, I was like, whatever, man. I didn't even think we were incredible in that game. I actually literally watched that, I was like, yeah, whatever. Crystal Palace looked crap. That's How I actually watched the game, I watched the game thinking Palace look crap. I didn't watch the game thinking Spurs look good. And then I, I think about this season, and I can't name you a single match this season where I thought we look fantastic or we look good.
2: I couldn't name you one. I can name two, and that's about it. it. Name them um, Southampton at home and Fulham at home. That's 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 it. Oh, the ball so. down. Which is poor in itself yeah but the southampton were not in that game at all bro yeah
0: so they, they, I, they are the worst team in the league as well
2: yeah exactly but that, that's what i'm saying it, it, it speaks it speaks to itself yeah, right yeah, yeah. um we've not seen we've not seen enough complete performances over 90 minutes but i do think that he definitely takes a lot of he should take a lot of credit for where we finished last year because ultimately he put together a system that kulu and benton core benefited from that Matt Doherty benefited from. He was getting something out of Eric Dyer, getting something out of Cessignon, right? Getting something ben, ben, ben Davis. Yeah. He had the team, he had the team well drilled, conceding it wasn't even just Ben Ten and, and Kudu who were massive. The team were conceding less goals and were scoring way more goals, right? How so does
1: that, how does a team that concedes less goals literally only three months later concede double the amount?
2: Because they're bozos well, well and do. the manager, because they're bozos and the manager just hasn't been as good as he has as he was last year. That's okay. literally why. Okay.
1: I feel
0: we look at we look at all the top managers, and mo- for the most part, they're very married to their system. Right, they're very married yeah. to their formation, their strategy, and how they do things, and they'll live and die by it. Basically, um, we've seen it with you know. Jose Mourinho, Pep Guardiola, they'll do whatever. You know, Pep Guardiola sixteen, seventeen. No matter what was happening, he stuck with that system. Everton would be slapping him 4-0. He'll still play that same way. He's married to it, right? And Man City fans back then would probably argue, you know, that he could have done this, he could have done that, he could have, you know, dropped off a little bit. But the overarching picture is we don't We've have good enough players. players that can fit into the system. We're not we're not signing or scouting the right profile of the players. To work yeah. with the system that he's playing, we've got Agreed. again, but again, where Conte is at fault is you know you're playing Emerson Royale who is the antithesis of what his wing back should be like, yeah. you know. So that would again, I don't know what what he's thinking. Is this a message to the board to say we desperately need a right wing back? I'm not sure. It's harming the team regardless. So
2: I think I think it's the latter. You know, I th- it has to be because. There's no way he can look at Spence and believe that Emerson is better. I think it's because Spence has played in the championship and um, it's not he, just wants, he, he, wants, he wants a player who's probably been more experienced in the top flight league, right? He probably knows yeah. that Spence is better than Emerson, but he's thinking, I want a player that I want, right? Not the player that you want.
0: Do you think it's also a principal thing? It's, this is your player. I'm not going to sign your player. I'm gonna. I'm not going to play. Sorry, to play you, signed I'm going to play the players I've signed, or mm. that have somewhat thrived under me, or whatnot. Do you think? Do you reckon it could be something? I think there's along a part the to of that, that, that as well.
2: I think there's a part to playing that, but I also think Conte is a weirdo and likes shit players. It's not what? the first time. No, he, he does. Hasn't. He does. He does. Like he's like a weirdo. He, he's a weirdo and likes shit players. Like who? Like Emerson Royal. Anyone else? Not to, not not off the top of my head, no, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, guys, let's 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 we're gonna call we're gonna wrap this one up now. Um, just looking ahead to the ups, right? Um, they got the wind in their sails now. What do you think is crucial for us to do in this game to actually get a positive outcome? Because you're looking at Arsenal now; they're gonna have that numerical advantage in the midfield. If Conte doesn't pattern the midfield properly, they have proficient players in the midfield who move the ball with speed. They have the aggressive front line who are going to press our every every touch on the ball. And then they have a really rock-solid defence at the back who seem to be capable of playing up against sides who can try and hit them in transition. Obviously, Man United aside. So, for all intents and purposes, it looks like they've got enough about them to come to our ground and get three points. But yeah, I'm still going to go for a Spurs win, but that's beside the point, I want to ask you guys before we end this, what do you think is crucial for Spurs to get a positive result here? And I'm going to start with you, Jack. Intensity. I think if we
0: play at the intensity we've been at for 99% of the season, we're getting smoked. We're getting smoked because, you know, we know how Arsenal are going to come out, especially at the beginning of the game. We know what they're going to do and I think if we don't match that at least... I just see, I see us struggling out wide, especially I see us struggling in possession, especially um in our half. And yeah, so I think if we can match that intensity and actually provide and actually play with somewhat of a press as well. Um, but whilst you know it's not sitting in a mid deep block, but sitting you know not too high, I think maybe maybe we might stand a chance. I think. We need to relinquish possession of the ball. I think they're just a better footballing team than us. They're going to have more ball. They're going to be better than us. We we're not going to out football them. That that's just that's just not going to happen with the players we've got. But I think if we can match the intensity, but also be able you know catch them in transition with incisiveness, with the incisiveness we showed that, you know get, you know games against City last season, you know things like that. If we can mat- play with that level of incision and let the sort of automation work. Then maybe we might stand a chance, but that's asking for a lot. <laughs> with for these guys, that's asking for for too much, <laughs>
2: in my opinion. Fair enough. Yao, yeah.
1: there's uh, absolutely no objections to what uh, Jack said. I agree with 100% with everything he said. Um, I, honestly, I've got I've got nothing positive about this game. Nothing nothing whatsoever and I know people be oh it's so negative and I know those those legacy fans would be like oh you got a show positivity. you are not real fans you're so negative go kiss my ass yeah like honestly I've I've got nothing positive to say about what's gonna happen on Sunday I hope and pray for a win I don't see none of that happening whatsoever happening so put a yeah, score I, on it put a score on it we lose four one
2: you're taking a piss.
0: I, I, I say we lose 2-0, but...
2: Boy. 4-1 in a North London derby. Fucking hell. If if that happens, we are in the pits of hell. Jesus. I think we,
1: you're not even going to like the way that I have even In my head, yeah, listen, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. we, we go 1-0 down. We equalise. The flipping stadium's rocking. 49 seconds later, they go 2-1 up. Halftime, they come out the second half, they go free one up, and just with the last 10 minutes, they go I can't
2: believe up. You're, you're putting this bad energy in the air. It's Eric, not bad energy. You know
1: what our club has done. You know what they've done to me. Yeah, this was the season. I said, you know what? Positivity is back. Man is the good guy. Let me go and get a season ticket again. Yeah, things will be good. I have regretted
2: this decision since game week nine. Yeah, I warned you. <laughs> you did? I warned you. You did warn me. Yo, don't listen to Jack. Just keep keep it, yeah? Just sell it on.
0: No, so, no, no. Eric Dyer, loose pass. Martinelli's running onto it. Boom, Jesus.
2: 1-0. I see. You, you know what's going to happen. Jesus. You know it's going to happen. Jack, so you're going for 2-0. Yeah,
0: yeah, 2-0. I'm
2: going to go for 2-1. Based on who's available, I'm going to go for 2-1. It's a hopeful two-one, but listen, I've seen worse Spurs sides beat Arsenal sides as good as this Arsenal side. I genuinely have. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Seen us, I know, I know I've what you're a, talking about. I've seen us pam Arsenal at home with Benteleba Mason in the midfield. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's my hope. Oh, better oh, than
0: Arsenal, Vegas. Arsenal weren't as good as they are oh, now. Man. Then though, that's the thing. You, you
2: got no, they're really good that's now. They're the really side. good. Yeah, yeah, they're really good now. So it's, it's, of course, admittedly, it's a tougher, it's a tougher opposition, but. Listen, it's a North London derby. Anything can happen. But lads, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, call it a day there. Um, guys, thank you for coming on and, and sharing your Friday evening with with me. I know, <laughs> I know, it's pained you to talk about Spurs. I know it's it's nuts. It's pained you to talk about this derby, but we've done it, guys. And. All I would say is get behind the team, Scott. Oh, I'm going to see you at the game on the weekend. You're going to sit next to me, and we better be screaming and shouting and yelling, Come on, you Spurs. I do not want to see you with your arms crossed like a crybaby. You better this, be singing. That's is another exactly, thing that we didn't mention. The crowd is so important for this game, it's so important. I can't right? be.
1: No, no, listen, Tops was there. And uh, obviously, this is the last thing i to say before but Tops was there when we um, went to the sport in Lisbon, game. Okay? and i listen i've told people before me in the south stand mayhem, like pure mayhem bruv i was moving like the ultimate warrior rocking <laughs> the bloody stadium when i thought we had got the winner i had you every my, my oldest son was beside me i had their I put one woman in a headlock ah oh, i went nuts yeah for that goal to be chalked off Nobody could speak to me for the rest of the day. Not my oldest son, not my youngest son, not my cousins, not my aunt, not my aunt, not my grandma could speak to me. Nobody could speak to me. If I'm in the South Stand for this topic and this club makes me vex, oh my, I'm going to get a ban again. I'm going to get a ban. I can't Listen, get another I don't want
2: to. I'm not gonna let you because you're gonna explode, now. I don't <laughs> want you to explode. Yo, Toby, you bet you better tie it to it, <laughs> <Jack, laughs> yeah. You, gotta... you better be. Are, oh you, are you? Are you? Are you? Are you in? Um. So, where are you actually, Jack? Are I'm in, in Manchester.
0: I'm in Manchester. Yeah. So you're not even coming to the game.
1: Nah, nah, nah. nah I, ain't, <sighs> I. You think I'm coming to that? Space, <laughs> man. I'm, says, I'm, I'm listening. no, no don't
2: listen to this Jack guy. He says do you think I'm coming to that, but he will go to he will go to Man City away. That's, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. But Jack is mad like
1: that. Jack, Jack is my, insane
0: like, not, my, that. Head, my head don't make sense sometimes. But I'm, I'm, sense glad, sense. I'm glad I am glad I ain't at home right now, because boy, listen, listen I, I hear, the, ban- I hear the banter I hear the banner every time.
1: Every time. Hey, what I, I need to know on Sunday is before kickoff, I need to know if there's actually, you know what? I'll just come. I'll come to the south side. Yeah, I'll come all to the
2: but uh, I'm, I'm yeah,
1: sitting there good. arms folded I'm, I'm protesting I don't care
2: what he says. on to the south stand but listen people we're about to call it quits thank you for tuning in if you're watching make sure to keep tuning into the New Spurs Order and Touchline um, follow us on socials New Spurs Order one word Touchline Fracker one word um, yeah man if you're listening on audio then enjoy it Drink it in. I hope you're listening to this. Maybe not so much on the on the day of the of the match. Listen to it on a Saturday, because if you listen to this, it might sort of keep you downbeat for the game. So <laughs> enjoy your evenings. Take care. Bless up.
1: Brilliant on debut, yes. has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moran clips yes. it. <laughs> Arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible of debut! Oh
2: yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.